0: Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is a Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about It Begins With a Thought. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. I'm so excited that you decided to join us today. I'm praying that I sound better than I did last week. I'm slowly but surely getting better, so praise Adonai for that. The Torah portion for this week is Shemini, which means eighth. You could find the Torah portion in Leviticus chapter nine, verses one to chapter eleven, verse forty-seven. The half Torah portion is Second Samuel chapter six, verses one to chapter seven, verse seventeen, and then you have the Brit Harashah. In Hebrew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 19. Very important stuff to be reading about this particular week. Um, Reading the portion in Leviticus, you'll find it has to do with um, the eighth day and also the red heifer. But the second Samuel one is actually about David when he was bringing the Ark of the Lord to his house um, in Jerusalem and decided not to after God killed someone for touching it on accident. You'll have to read more about that one. And Hebrew is also really important because it's talking about the line of Melchizedek and the high priesthood and who our high priest is. And all these things are extremely important. Today, however, I do want to talk to you about It begins with a thought. And actually, this is something that I've been thinking about, and ironically, for about two or three weeks. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. The only nonfiction book I can actually read on a regular basis that doesn't bore me to tears is the Bible. I am not somebody who reads self-help books. I have yet to get through even one of them. I cannot do historical fiction either although they're fascinating the problem is because i don't retain knowledge like a normal person i tend to start thinking that whatever that historical fiction novel or whatever it is actually was history and i get it confused with the actual history of that time so it's great to think that but i actually am a big reader and i really really enjoy sci-fi fantasy so things that I grew up reading, obviously Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, um, J.R.R. Tolkien. I think I got into that because it was required reading in high school, and it was really interesting because it was required reading, or not required. It was one of the books that you could pick to read for the summer. I think you were required to read three books over the summertime, and that was one of the books I picked. And I'm like, where have you been my whole life? But I really enjoy those type of books. However, the older I get, the more difficult I have found it to be to find clean sci-fi and fantasy books. And another one that I used to, I was really into was uh, Wrinkle in Time by Madeline L'Engle. There are some spiritual aspects of it. Um, In fact, there's some angels. I think in one of the books, her twin brothers go back in time to the time of Abraham. So it's kind of interesting. But I I really, really enjoy this particular author that I have read multiple books of his. And actually, I listen to, to them typically via audiobook when I'm driving. And so far, it's been very clean. And I've read over 10 of his books. His name is Jeff Wheeler. And there are some spiritual undertones... That are very much reminiscent to the Bible, which I actually enjoy that sort of thing where you're kind of trying to figure out who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. In fact, my all time favorite uh, book series is called The Light of Iden, E I D O N. I believe the author's name is Karen Hancock. and it is phenomenal. And I absolutely love it. In fact, I read it to my husband because he, he's not a big, huge reader, um, when it comes to my kind of books anyway. So he actually likes the nonfiction things. We really are opposites. And the whole point of me telling you this is because one of the underlying themes throughout all of his books is that it begins with a thought. And, That was something that really resonated with me because the truth of the matter is everything that we do begins with a thought. Whether it be good or bad or neutral, we have a lot of thoughts. And as if you are a woman, we have even more thoughts than men. Uh, because they have their nothing box and we don't have anything like that. Our minds are constantly thinking about something and everything and connecting it all together. But I think that. So often we can get so caught up with our everyday, day to day things that instead of keeping our focus on Yeshua, we're focusing on, you know, I need to pay the bills, I need to take care of my kids, I need to clean my house, I need to go work out, I need to go help with the congregation, I need to go visit somebody in a nursing home or in a hospital. And these are all not not bad things, the ones, the things that I've named. However, they can distract you from what's actually important. And I know I've talked about this in my podcast before, but a friend of mine has been really, really struggling mentally with getting their thought process back in alignment with what the Word of God says Sometimes we can get very, and I've done this myself many times, where I get so distraught about something that I can't see the forest through the trees, if that makes sense. But I also think it it has to do with our faith, what we choose to believe, what we allow to immerse ourselves in on a day-to-day basis. And I think the the first line of defense comes with our thoughts. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the control of the tongue. Those who indulge in it will eat its fruit. It's kind of like, which we've talked about once again on this podcast, speaking life and death well, why do you speak things? Because you thought of it first, right? You had a thought and you thought it was good enough to speak out loud. And a lot of times we're wrong. I know I've been wrong so many times in that situation where I let my tongue get away with, uh, get ahead of, of, of myself and say things that maybe are not kind or gracious or merciful. And I think it's so important for us to take a step back and recognize those situations. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has stuck their foot in it when they've had a thought and instead of keeping my mouth shut, I've rolled with it and caused more pain than ever needed to be caused. And I think that the tr- that that's true also for, for good things as well as obviously negative things. And I was trying to look into this and, and see, like, what does the word of God say about this? And it really does say a lot about your thoughts and then what you, uh, you think and then what you say. Luke 6.45 says, Out of the good treasure of his heart the good man brings forth good. And out of evil, the evil man brings forth evil. For from the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. And sometimes with our thoughts and speaking out those things, we actually are inviting the enemy into those areas of our lives where we're clearly weak because we're letting him know when we, especially when we say it out loud, like we're letting Hasatan know uh, she's weak in this area. Now there's nothing wrong with praying to the Lord about it. It doesn't mean you can't pray to God out loud and say, Lord, I'm really struggling with this. But I think there's actually strength in admitting that because that's that's coming to your father and in, in humble in a humble attitude. And I think we just get so wrapped up in, and caught up in our thoughts that we we tend to lose the big picture and the big picture is that Adonai is on the throne he has not left Yeshua is at his right hand the Ruach HaKodesh walks with us each and every single day and yet somehow sometimes we we tend to really struggle with the battle within our minds and the process of our, uh, you know, our thought processes. You know, I'm thinking about, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this show. It's interesting. I've actually met this gentleman. Um, He used to do a show on YouTube with Kirk Cameron. It's called The Way of the Master, and they would go and witness to people. And it actually was very fascinating watching them do this. And it was was interesting because um, the gentleman that he, that Kirk Cameron did this with, I think his name is Ray Comfort. Um, actually comes from a Jewish background. He's a believer now. He's Australian. He has an Australian accent. And they would go to the boardwalks and things in California, where you know you're going to find lots of very interesting people. And the way that they would witness the people, I always thought was very interesting, where they would ask people like, "Do you think that you're a good person?" And I mean, hands down, the majority of us will say, "Yeah, I think I'm a pretty good person." and then he would go through the 10 commandments at least a couple of them be like well have you ever have you ever stolen anything well yeah i stole a thing well the you know the bible says if you've stolen something that you, you do not steal that that's that's a big no no what does that make you it makes you a thief and you know have you ever committed adultery and like oh no 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 i've never done that we're like well you know jesus said That if a man looks on a woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery. And so then, you know, most of the time they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I've totally done that. Then I'm like, okay, then you're an adulterer at heart. And then he'll, you know, say something like, you know, have you ever lied? And of course all of us have lied. And you know, what does that make you a liar? Okay. So you've just confessed that you are now a liar, a thief, and an adulterer at heart. Are you still sure that when you come to judgment day, that you'll be considered a good person. And you know, some people will argue with him and be like, well, no, 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 I'm still a good person because I believe my good outweighs my bad. And it's like, okay, so if you were to go for those things that you just admitted to, to in a court of law, to a judge and said, you know, I'm a really good person, but I did do this. How is he going to find you? He's going to find you guilty, but that's why we have Yeshua, right? We have Yeshua who comes in and says, judge, I have taken on these people, this person's sin. They're free to go. And that's how it works, right? The reason I even bring that up is because Yeshua himself says, it it begins with a thought because somebody who commits adultery doesn't just go and be like, I have zero thoughts and then meets this person and then commits adultery they are thinking about it beforehand. In fact, more than likely they've committed emotional adultery before they've committed physical adultery. And if you're not sure about that, please feel free to um, contact me and we could definitely discuss that. But the reality is we all have thoughts. Some are negative, some are positive. And we need to be dwelling on the thoughts of the Lord Instead of the thoughts that maybe come into our minds that are condemning you. Because those are the thoughts that are from Hasatan versus the thoughts that might be convicting you, right? Because Adonai will convict you and say, hey, do you really think that watching this movie, watching this pornography is what I want for you? Do you think that this is right? Do you think that seeing people this way is the way that I want you to see your brothers and sisters versus Satan who says, there's no hope for you. Why don't you just end it all? Why are you even, you know, you're just a terrible human being, those kind of things. And it kind of brings you back to, and I'm sure, I don't know if some of you maybe or may not get this connection, but it brings you back to one of my favorite stories in the Bible which you could find in Matthew chapter eight, verses one through 17. And it's one of my favorite because it goes back to my childhood. And it's it's funny because I don't even remember necessarily watching this guy, but I think my babysitters used to, called the Donut Man. And I think I might've mentioned this also in my podcast before, where it was this guy dressed up kind of like a painter, like, but all in white. It was very eighties. And his little mascot or whatever was a talking donut. And they call them the donut man. Anyways, this guy would teach these children memory, you know, verses from the Bible and and teach them to memorize it through, you guessed it, song. Because we all know that's about the only time I can retain knowledge. So it's probably my all-time favorite kid song ever. And I know I've sung it on my podcast before, so I I probably won't sing it today, but who knows. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you though. So they're talking about Yeshua. When he came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a man with Za'rat came to him and bowed down before him saying, Master, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, za'arat, a lot of times we talk about basically just calling it leprosy, but it could just be any kind of skin condition that caused him to be unable to be clean and therefore go to the temple. Yeshua stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his za'arat was cleansed and Yeshua said to him, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the Kohen and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, if he didn't think in his heart and in his mind that Yeshua was at the very least a prophet and could heal him, I don't believe he ever would have been healed. Why? Because Yeshua didn't come to him. He came to Yeshua. A lot of times in the, in, the, in the word, we kind of forget that half the people that were healed were not ones that he sought out. They were ones who went to him. Now, you're not going to go to somebody to be healed if you don't think that they can heal you. I, I could tell you that from experience. Like I'm not going to go see some miracle man heal me if I don't believe he can actually heal me. Because the reality is, it's not, if it's anyone besides Yeshua, it's not them who's healing you. It's the Ruach HaKodesh. Now, continuing on. Now, when Yeshua came into uh, Capernaum, a centurion came begging for help. Master, he said, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, horribly tormented. Yeshua said to him, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion said, Master, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Try not to sing this part. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go. And he goes and to another, come. And he comes and to my servant, do this. And he does it. Now, when Yeshua heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Amen, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Moreover, I tell you that many will come from the east and the west, and they will recline at table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be driven out into the outer darkness, and that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Yeshua said to the centurion, Go, as you have believed, let it be done for you. And the servant was healed in that same hour. And when Yeshua came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying down, sick with a fever. Yeshua touched her hand and the fever left her. Then she got up and began to take care of him. When evening came, the people brought to him many who were afflicted by demons. He forced out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. So was fulfilled what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our sicknesses and carried away our diseases. Now that ensuring had faith. He believed. He not only came to Yeshua and said, please heal my servant who is very ill and being tormented. And Yeshua, it's not like he said no. He said, yeah, I'll absolutely come and heal him. And he's like, no, you don't even need to come. I believe. Ergo, his thought process was in alignment with what he believed and knew was true about Yeshua. And he believed that he was probably the son of man, a son of God. And because of his belief and faith in Yeshua, Yeshua said, cool beans, man. You are, you've got the most faith I've ever seen in every, ever, anyone in Israel. And you're not even a Jew. And because of your faith, your servant will be healed. And he was healed within that hour. So more than likely he was healed before the centurion even got home. Wouldn't it be amazing to just have faith like that? And have your heart set in such a way that your thought process would immediately go there? Now, there's nothing wrong with going to see a doctor when you're sick. I myself have done that quite a few times this past few weeks. But I also believe that Yeshua is the one and only true healer. And if he has chosen not to heal me yet, There's a reason and a rhyme for it. But I'm not going to lie. There are definitely times where I get really depressed and down and say, Lord, why am I not healed yet? I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you can heal me. But the fact that I'm still sick and that I've been sick for so long is really depressing. It doesn't change my thought process of who Yeshua is. Even through all of my health issues and my health struggles, I still know who he is and I still believe he could heal me with just one touch. One touch of his garment, I could be healed. But I also know that there's a, a purpose for everything. So instead of wallowing in it on a regular basis, I try my very best not to do that. Now, my family will tell you that I'm pretty open and honest when I'm not feeling well. I try to be anyways. But it can be very disheartening sometimes when you have more bad days than good days. And you actually feel bad for the people that you live with because they have to live with you (laughs) when you're not feeling well. And that's why for me, I know it's so important to remember that it begins with a thought. Is my thought going to go down the road of, woe is me, I'm never going to be healed? Or is my thought process going to keep my eyes focused on Yeshua and say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I believe that there's a purpose for it. And I believe that you are going to heal me. Whether it be now or when I'm in heaven, I believe that you're going to heal me. So as you're thinking about that this upcoming week, I pray that you think about something that maybe is going on in your own life that maybe changing your thought process would help. I don't know about you, but I've had a really great Passover. We had Passover with our congregation this past Wednesday, which actually was Passover. And we wanted to do a family Passover. We were planning on doing it on Shabbat night on Friday, but my daughter unfortunately had to Work, I know it's it's shocking, but um, she's also 17, almost 18, and this is a new job, and with new jobs, as you know, you have to work sometimes, hours you don't necessarily want to, and even if she had just worked until the sunset, it still would it would have been very difficult to do the Passover. So, we chose to do it on Sunday, and which is really apropos, as my husband likes to say, we're back on track now. And people are like, "What are you talking about?" Like, well, if you do the math. When you if if Yeshua rose on a Sunday, guess what? Passover was on Wednesday night, and then he was crucified, and then you count three days from that, and then when he rose from the dead would be Sunday. When you when I don't understand it, and I never did really uh, Good Friday, where they say oh he was crucified on Friday, and then he rose again on Sunday. I'm like, I really stink at math, but that never really was something I truly understood. I'm like, look, I'm terrible at math. I'm just going to assume that I'm missing something, which is a terrible thought process, right? I'm letting other people think for me because I'm like, okay, I'm terrible at math. So I'm sure that there's some, some, some nuance I'm missing here, but I'm just so thankful that we were able to celebrate Passover, not only on Passover, but also on resurrection Sunday. And I pray that you all have had a fantastic week this week I'm going to be going back to work and looking forward to seeing the kiddos on my bus. And as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. <laughs> And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Yeshua In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. I pray that you all have a fantastic week. And that you'll tune in again next time. Shavuotov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com. Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, as in Mike the number three at ProtonMail.com. Also, feel free to leave me a one-minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica LaCasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.